1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. what, Odd Rod. You tell me what, Mr. Rob? Every time I hear that intro, I get pumped up a little bit. I love it.
0: Yeah, for some reason, I've had a rekindling love for Motley Crue.
1: I tell you what, that song I think was made for us. Maybe 30 years early, but it was made for yeah, us. Yeah, I
0: think it was a little bit before my time when it was uh, produced and cut, but I think they knew. That one day, one day, it would be used in its proper form and fashion.
1: That's right, guys. i tell you what. We're talking about good cars for teen drivers this yeah. week on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. And we're going through a list of things to look for in a good-use car for your teen driver. Speaking
0: of which, it's not a big Ford gas-guzzling
1: SUV such as that Expedition and just rolled through. That's an Expedition XL for extra-large.
0: Yeah, that thing's like
1: massive. It's like, biggie-sized. You'll never miss a gas station in that. I promise you. But I tell you, you know, like we were talking about just before we cut for break, the big thing for looking for safe cars for teen drivers, you know, we're talking about the pickup trucks and all that stuff. And then we got talking about convertibles. And convertibles are a really bad idea. I mean, it's cute in theory in the convertible can, thing.
0: Can I Can I uh, interrupt you? Because we got texture in our text line. Oh. They said, uh, and I quote, I don't think pickups were required to have any rollover protection. So they're saying it's probably not a safe vehicle for our teen drivers. Actually, a pickup truck is
1: probably one of the safest vehicles you can sit in. See, I I think the same way. You have a higher center of gravity, but not too high where it's topsy-turvy. I mean, keep in mind, if it's some big, giant, lifted truck, it's one thing. But you think about a pickup truck like that, you have a full-frame vehicle. You're not going to drive under anything pretty much you're going to be above anything on the road, especially a car.
0: See, I, I think the same way. I think I think a pickup truck is a good, safe way to go, or even a smaller SUV, you know, like a, you know, an S10 Blazer or something like that.
1: Those are decent, too.
0: I think those are a good way to go. It's, you know, like you said, full frame. It's setting up high enough, but not too high. I think that's the way to go. Now, as far as their rollover protection, I'm not too sure there, but, you know, I'd
1: risk it. It has the same roller protection of any car made. Any hard top car. I mean, it virtually works the same way as a B-pillar and an A-pillar, just like a car.
0: I'd like to think the same, yeah. So, yeah, be sure to text in, like I said before, to our text line is 71307. That's our coming-since-retirement text line. Be sure to text us. We're going to get to everybody who texts in and uh, try to talk to you. or. Pass
1: along your message. That's right, guys. Like I said, we were talking about the convertibles. There's so many reasons why a convertibles bad. The one you got, the one thing you have to think about with a convertible car, especially for a teen driver, you know, things happen. Ten- convertible tops are very expensive to repair. Yeah, and, and they're so or easy replace. to uh, mess up. Exactly. I mean, somebody gets mad, and you know, and he gets cut or ripped or tore or whatever. And then on top of it, you know, we were all teen drivers, and you know, how many people they're gonna try to jam in their car, and you won't, you know. 12 kids hanging out of a car with no top on it
0: yeah i mean the risk is just not worth the reward here i mean you're talking about rollover in a convertible and there's a good chance that there's going to be a fatal injury
1: now i will tell you rollover protection in that is no bueno <laughs> yeah
0: i mean you got an a pillar it's doing the very best it can but past that yeah it's rough
1: yeah well yeah think about the structural integrity all all the way around when you take that roof line out you know, it takes a big, big, big chunk of that out.
0: Absolutely. So what's next on our tips, Mr.
1: former used car salesman? Well, I want to tell you something else to look for is your automatic or manual transmissions. And, you know, I really think an automatic transmission is the way to go, but I something that I strongly believe that everyone needs to learn how to drive a manual transmission car.
0: I absolutely agree with you. It's so sad to see how many people
1: do not know how to drive a manual transmission car. I mean, it's becoming to the point where, I mean, you've got, it wasn't just, you know, the girls not learning how to drive a manual transmission car. Now you've got guys that don't know how to drive manual transmission cars.
0: Yeah. I mean, I remember buying my first manual transmission car, and I've talked about this car before, is eighty two dots and 280ZX Turbo. And the guy I bought it from, he asked me, he said, do you know how to drive a straight drive? And I said, no, but I am fixing to learn. And I learned on my way
1: home and I loved it ever since. Any, it's they're a lot of fun, but you know they're still around, and it's something that everybody needs to know.
0: Yeah, I mean there might be, you know, there might be a situation, you know, an emergency situation, even, and you got to hop in and be the driver for a car, and it might be a manual transmission car. It's just a good thing to know. Exactly. It, to me, it's kind of like knowing how to change a tire.
1: Yes, but and, and that's it, another thing. That's another very important <laughs> thing. But but this is the thing you got to think about it. But for as a first car. For for a student, I think an automatic transmission, you know, it's definitely a lot easier. It's one less thing they have to worry about. They don't have to worry about a clutch or rolling back on a hill, et cetera, et cetera. So I also believe an automatic transmission is the way to go. But learning teaching your child to drive a manual transmission car is something that I think that, that's just a parenting thing that needs to be learned.
0: Absolutely. I think I that is a great,
1: great point. I mean it well, duh, I said it. <laughs>
0: But best you're confident here. That's
1: right, guys. I'll tell you what, let's move on to number four is economy. Now right now gas prices are low and you can still buy V eight cars cheap, but I mean, you know what? I mean a V eight rear wheel drive car is really not the best idea for a student driver. Um, you know, there's there's no sense in having that excess power for them. I mean, you know, if it's a V8 pickup truck, that's one thing. But I'm talking about, you know, any of your V8 rear wheel drive cars, like, you know, a Tahoe or a Suburban or, or, you know, even like the big Impalas and things like that. Those cars, which those cars are safe though. Those things, I mean, it's, it's a half ton pickup truck, those old Impalas are. But you know what I'm getting at there. I mean, you, know, you got to look at economy in that. And I mean, right now, like I said, gas is cheap. But, you know, two months from now, it could be $4 a gallon again.
0: Well, yeah, unless you're just catering to your kids' every need and buying them all their gas and everything like that. Um, then yeah, you're right, economy is very important especially if you're teaching your kid a little bit of responsibility and you know, they're either having a part-time job or they make allowance and they're having to worry about their gas bill then yeah, economy is definitely something they need to think about I mean, you're talking about there's cars out there like, look at the Prius, I think they're rated at what? 47 miles a gallon? Now, please don't do that to your kid and shove them in a Prius but, you know, look at things like that you know, you buy a truck like The truck I drive gets 14 and a half miles to the gallon. You definitely don't want to stick
1: your kid in that. No, and I mean, and like I said, you know, there's, I mean, there's lots of cars getting way over the 20 mile mark on fuel fuel economy in town, and you know that's something to think about.
0: Hey, Rob, I got. I, got it. <laughs> I just got the greatest text. In. <laughs> I don't know who sent this in, but I love you. It says Guy Fieri can only hang with Odd Rod for 60 foot. The wagon will win. <laughs> That's absolutely hilarious. I don't. I don't know who sent that in, but I love you. <laughs> That's epic. I have fans. I'm taking your phone away from you because no. i got a feeling you sent that. No, I, I didn't send it, but I don't know who did. That's great. So we're no.
1: talking about cars for teen drivers. <laughs> I'm sorry, carry on. You got a guy. <laughs> so we're talking about cars for teen drivers. So this is the thing you got to think about, too, is safety is paramount. You know, he was talking about rollovers earlier and talking about, you know, low, you know, cars like, and that's another thing that blows my mind about people. They love the Honda Accords and Honda Civics for their economy and reliability. you got to think about these little low-slung cars. If you rear in somebody in a Honda Accord or a Honda Civic, That's going to be a heck of a wreck. Anything over 20 mile an hour is going to be pretty bad. Absolutely. So, I mean, safety is paramount. And some other things to look for, obviously, you know, the later model of the car, the better. The safety features are going to be. Now, keep in mind, you know, airbags have been around since the early 90s in cars. But those first-generation airbags were more basically come out like a jack-in-the-box. I mean, it was... (laughs) Basically, it was just you know just like a sucker punch to the snot box. I mean, they've come a long way over the years.
0: Yeah, I've never been hit with an old airbag, but I mean, you see them eject, and it's it's pretty violent. It's it's not like I would rather just face the wreck than to get hit by the airbag. Yeah,
1: the airbag is usually worse than the wreck is.
0: <laughs> yeah, like you get into a wreck and you got a broke nose, but like what happened? Airbag.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. So I mean, that's something to definitely look out for, just because you know it, well was a '91 and it's got airbags. Yeah you know what I'm saying
0: absolutely so yeah safety like you said is paramount I mean don't give an old car with no seatbelts that was my first car but my parents did make me install seatbelts in it and you know that's just for your own good
1: oh yeah it's definitely for your own good but I'll tell you something else on this list the we were talking about, and this is something that's really neat. I mean, just technology, I mean, what will they think of next? There, There's actually devices on the market that you can actually plug into your OBD2 port, which is that's all your 95 and up later model cars have. It allows you to track your student's car no matter where it's at within feet. Absolutely. And we'll talk about more of
0: these safety tips coming up next right here on Hot Rods and Happy Hour.
1: On 106.3 WORD. Alright guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitts, Odd Rod! What's happening, dude? I tell you what, guys, we're talking about great cars and looking for a great car for your student drivers. That's right, looking for your first car for your teenage kids. And I tell you what, we've come through a lot of steps. Like I said, we were talking about technology.
0: Now, before you get started, we got another text.
1: Oh, Lord.
0: You got a fan, evidently.
1: I've got a lot of fans. It
0: says boo thing all the way. I have to disagree with this listener.
1: I'll tell you what, we have some very smart listeners.
0: I don't know about that. I'm I, telling you. I don't know about that.
1: I'm telling you. I'm feeling better about it. I don't I mean, know who have, Texas I, said, but. it's good people, whoever. They got to be crazy. Yeah, whatever. Crazy if they think you're going to win. But like <laughs> I said, we were talking about great cars for team drivers and looking for these cars. We were talking about technology. So we were talking about, you know. These new, you know, what they said, these new uh, devices they come out with actually plugs into your OBD2 connectors. A lot of your cellular phone companies are actually selling these things. And basically, they have speed alerts. They tell you where your driver's at. And they can actually even tell you, like, you know, diagnostic problems if you have a check engine light on and all that stuff. So they're very, very handy and very inexpensive now. And then if you're really worried about your kid, they got the breathalyzer that you plug in the car don't run. <laughs> if your kid needs that, he probably need to be driving anyway. Oh, Lord so coming up next we've got number seven on this and this is actually what to look for when buying this car you let's say you found a car you like you want to look at it you know I mean and a lot of these are common sense things but this is coming from the used car salesman himself
0: you know what? my first question I always ask is what's that and I don't even know if it made your list but where's the car
1: from that's a good one because I'm gonna tell you something you have to watch a lot of northern cars and I'll tell you something else you need to watch out for is these cars by the beach I mean corrosion is a really big deal I mean, I know if everybody's seen these cars from up north with rust bubbles popping up around the quarter panels and rocker panels and things like that. And just imagine what they look like from the bottom.
0: Oh, absolutely. And then, you know, you look at it this way. You hear about this big flood down in Florida because of a hurricane. And all of a sudden, all these Florida cars are up here for sale.
1: Exactly. Be leery of that. Well, you know, you got Carfax that protects you from a lot of these things, but Carfax doesn't tell you everything. As long as the insurance company hasn't paid for it, odds are Carfax isn't going to really tell you about it. So, I mean, keep in mind, there's a few telltale signs you can look. Do an exterior walk around. You know, is a car running smooth. You know, any strange smells. Look at the tailpipe. you got any crazy-looking smoke coming from the exhaust. I mean, a lot of this is common sense, but I feel like you need to touch touch. Touch base on some of the basics, you know what I'm saying.
0: You know, older cars back when they made them out of real metal, look for wavy paint, you know. That tells that there's a lot of body filler in it. If you got a magnet in your pocket, it'd be nice to do a little magnet check on your panels. You could do a magnet
1: check on some panels, but a lot of your cars have composite panels on them anymore. Yeah, so
0: a lot of your newer cars, you're not going to be able to, you know, you find your aluminum F-150 and... uh,
1: Your magnet isn't going to stick. Yeah, your
0: magnet isn't going to stick too well.
1: (laughs) Well, and I'll tell you another thing, you know, just some little quick checks under the hood you can do. You know, you pop the hood, you pop the 710 cap, or the oil cap if you turn it around the
0: 710 cable like that. that's
1: right turn that old cap around with the car running if you got any smoke coming out right there that's telling you, you got blow by you got engine wear
0: well look but, if it isn't jimmy corns and the corns family that's
1: what i'm saying look at yeah we're live we're live yeah we're live you can say hey though he said oh he called in sick to work don't don't do that <laughs> <laughs> that's not jimmy that's someone else
0: yeah that's not jimmy at all he ain't calling. yeah they're, they're playing live right now yeah, yeah.
1: So, anyway, like I said, we're doing I, all. You know
0: what? I'm going to just show up at his job and start throwing rocks at him while yeah, he's exactly. trying to work.
1: While he's trying to work, we'll aggravate him. But <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. So, these are things to look for, you know, when you pop that oil cap to look make sure you don't have too much blowback coming out. Exactly. And that's a bad sign. Another thing, when you got that oil cap in your hand, turn it around and look at it. Make you sure it see- do not look
0: like chocolate milk.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. If it looks like chocolate milk, odds are you're getting coolant water in the oil, and that's a telltale sign. Put the cap back on, shut the hood, and walk away fast, if that's the case. Another thing to look at, if it's got burnt oil in there, that's telling you right there, this car hasn't been maintained very well. And routine maintenance has not been done very routine on it.
0: And that's a lot of cars. A lot of people keep their maintain re- maintenance records. So look for that. Ask for those. It's not it's not a bad thing to ask for that sort of thing.
1: Another cool thing to do, you know, a really really important thing to do. You know, a lot of your later model cars have check engine lights. Get in the car, turn the switch on, make sure the check engine light will come on, and the airbag light's going to come on in this car. Then you go to crank it. These lights will stay on for just a second, and they'll shut off. That's telling you that these these systems are working properly. If these lights don't come on when you turn the switch on, odds are something's been tampered with on it.
0: Absolutely. And also, you know what? Do a pat down of your passenger side floorboard. Check and make sure the heater core is not leaking. Well, that's another make thing. Make sure your are
1: air working. Well, that's a big thing, too. But another thing to, to look out for is to look for any of these strange smells. You start smelling sweet smells inside the car, or the wind is fogging up, the windshield, especially on the passenger side, fogging up. Odds are you've got a heater core starting to leak or a heater core that is leaking. And those are very expensive repairs in most cars.
0: You know, another thing, it's always great to test drive your vehicle. Make sure the transmission's shifting fine. The car is not pulling to the left or right. Make sure the alignment's good.
1: Vibrations.
0: Vibrations are very important. You know, do a brake check on the car. Make sure the brakes aren't pulling one way.
1: Make sure they're working, period. i tell you another thing, too, is be sure to get that car up to highway speeds because a lot of times these things won't show themselves till you get to that 65, 70 mile an hour mark.
0: Absolutely. That's when a lot of your front end shakes start appearing is right around those speeds.
1: You know as I was talking about the wavy paint and all that stuff, take that car on that test drive. I want you to pull into a parking lot with it just by itself, and I want you to walk around and do a visual inspection of it. You know, look at body gaps. Look at, you know, look for signs of collision repair. You know, necessarily if it's had a fender put on it, or even a front end, don't make it a bad car. But these are all things you can use to help negotiate a good price for this car.
0: You know, and another thing that's really smart, if you are looking at a convertible or a car with a sunroof or, you know, a car with T-tops in it, take it to a car wash drive it through there make sure it's not leaking
1: exactly which I mean I will feel a little sicker almost any older convertible is going to leak I mean, it's just It's inevitable
0: course. it really is but you know what that can help you with uh, negotiating on a price tag that's right
1: bit. guys and like I said you use these things to help negotiate a better price you'll point out the flaws in these vehicles and try to get that price down as low as you can and obviously one of the best rules of all when negotiating cash talks
0: absolutely And you know and I'm sure Rob Pitts will tell you this because he's an experienced used car salesman there is always a little bit of meat on the bones with these cars. If someone's selling a car for $10,000, chances are you can get it for a couple grand, a little bit less than what they're asking. There's always money to be made on these cars and they're always asking for top dollar. So you can wiggle and move and get a couple dollars shaved off the price.
1: Oh yeah. Well, like I said, every little bit helps.
0: And even when you're looking at a new car, there's all kinds of buyer incentives and different things like that to look into, you know, and you can finagle with these guys you know, finagle. Finagle. That's a big word.
1: I wasn't even sure that was even a word.
0: Yeah, it is now.
1: It is. It's a new one.
0: Yeah, I text uh, Webster on the way over here, and he says okay.
1: So that's golden.
0: Um, but yeah, finagle with these guys. You know, you can get these prices down. You know, I I, I come from a family. I don't pay asking price for anything used, <laughs> especially.
1: I go a friend. We don't pay asking price for anything. I try to negotiate at Walmart.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like hey, this matchbox car is ninety seven cents. Well, I well I got ninety six. Yeah, that's, right.
1: that's me. How about if I buy two and you sell two for a buck and a half?
0: Yeah, I think that's a fair deal. That's what I'm screaming. I'd say you what you got any more uh tips and tricks for
1: us? I believe that's about it on that. I mean yeah. I think we've touched all the bases on that and a lot of these things are common sense. another thing too, while I'm thinking about it, while you got this car in the parking lot and you're walking around from it, this is something very important. When you get that car out from around a lot and out from around somebody just staring you down, you actually will notice more things about that car than you ever did sitting on the lot. And while it's running Squat down, look under, look for any visible leaks. You know, like I it like I said before, this a lot of this is common sense stuff, but in the heat of the moment you don't think about it.
0: Oh yeah, when you're after that new car, man, and, and, you know, your adrenaline's pumping, you're excited, you know, you're getting a new car. You don't. You miss this stuff.
1: you, you got know. you got mom goggles from way back.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: Like apparently you must have had when you bought that station wagon.
0: <laughs> Easy hammer. All right, guys, coming up next, we're going to talk about the top 10 dead, deadliest cars to buy, the cars you want to stay away from. These
1: are not good teen cars, guys. <laughs> no, stay right. tuned. You're listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour.
0: Right here on 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour.
1: This is Odd Rod. To my right is Rob Pitts. Rob, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm hanging out at a car show. What else could I be? This is like my people. Yeah, I'm in extra, my element.
0: It's actually started to cool off a little bit. So we got some more texts coming in. And these are some great tips on what you were talking about. You know, checking for hail damage on cars. Um, and also pulling back the trunk carpet. You know what I mean? Checking for moisture in the trunk. Great tips. Thank you guys for texting that in. And then we had someone else text in. And I think we have... I think some of our listeners have bumped their heads. This guy says, boo thing is going to win, hands down.
1: Really? I'm telling you. I mean, Odd Rod, the whole world can't be wrong. Uh,
0: Yeah, but two people are very, very wrong, I think. I don't know. All right, so let's get into talking about the real meat of the bones here. Your top 10 deadliest cars. This is...
1: Top 10 deadliest cars. So basically, you take the list that we just talked about and then add this to it, the cars not to buy.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to start off with one that's going to crush my wife's heart. And the top 10... The number 10 spot, the Volkswagen Bust. Think about this. Think about this car in all its true form.
1: Well, there's actually one really important thing about the Volkswagen Bust. If you have a front-end collision, you're the first one there.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's just it. Your body is literally on top of and in front of the front wheels. Think about this in a front-end collision. If you rear-end someone, if someone hits you head-on, you're going to be the first one to know about it. Yeah. A set of headlights than you yeah <laughs> i mean so I, you know and i never even really stop and think about that with these cars but when i start doing some homework on deadliest cars yeah that's that that's not good and then you know what if the front end collision don't get you the uh air cooled engine that likes to heat up you know little engine fire that will get you
1: yeah that'll get you But i got a feeling that windshield's gonna get you first
0: yeah, that old old school glass windshield. Exactly. Yeah, that'll tear you apart pretty good. Yeah,
1: that, that that was gonna rearrange your smile pretty quick.
0: So these things are they're awesome. They're great to look at, they're awesome customized. Extremely valuable too. Yeah, that's because there are not many left after they get into those collisions.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: But guys, be very wary of these car or, well buses rather. They're not safe. And you know, even though your kid wants to be cool, this is not a car to stick him in. So coming in our number nine spot is the very famous Suzuki Samurai. Nah, he,
1: these things were so cool. Like when I was in high school, a lot of people had them, but they are so dangerous.
0: Well, they're, not only are they cool for that, you know, and they're great commuter cars as far as that goes, you know, gas mileage, whatnot. But, you know, you see them in the off-road for, you know, use a lot. And despite having the horsepower that is able to be counted on one's hands and feet, even if you're missing a hand or a foot, you know, and, and running top speeds comparable to that of a jog, Once achieving this lightning speed, lane changes are about
1: as safe as Mexican tap water. Ooh, that's rough right there. I actually got a funny story speaking about performance of a Suzuki Samurai. A good friend of mine that I worked with for years and years in a Nissan store actually sold new Suzuki's. And when they first came out, they actually had a two-stroke Suzuki Samurai. So basically, this thing sounded. It worked like, like a weed eater.
0: Yeah, it, it kind of sounded like a uh kind uh, like a what do you dirt bike.
1: Yeah, but it was a two-stroke engine, I, a Suzuki Samurai. Did
0: it have a power band, and you, oh, yeah, exactly. you had to mix your oil in with your gas. You had to mix your oil in.
1: Oh, that's awesome! And It is so cool, though. And it run about fifty mile an hour wide open.
0: That that tells you you've bought a quality car to driving around in when you had to put oil in your gasoline to make it work.
1: Hey you got to think about it. you. eliminated oil changes and it's probably getting 50 miles to the gallon.
0: Yeah, but you know what? What comes with the Samurai, though, is that top center of gravity like we were talking about earlier. And in a Samurai, it's equal to that of a shopping cart with about the same level of occupant and safety features. And
1: about the same amount of metal. Those things were made out of, like, Pepsi cans and Legos.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Slam four tires on you're good to go, Suzuki
1: Samurai. Talking about old high school story, a good buddy of mine, his name was Robert Burnett. And he was like the the pimp of Wade Hampton High School. He had a That Suzuki, ain't saying much, is it? He had a Suzuki <laughs> Samurai. Hey, speak easy. I met my first wife in high school. So, anyway, keyword <laughs> first key wife. Keyword, yeah. But, uh, but the thing was funny, but he had a Suzuki Samurai riding on 14-inch Dayton's. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, you talk about pimping now. <laughs> you, you haven't lived to riding on 14 by 8 Dayton's on your Suzuki Samurai. That's amazing. With two 15s in the back. <laughs>
0: All right, guys, coming in at our number eight spot, and this is going to break some hearts, but the Porsche 930 Turbo. Now, Porsche, they have this elegant handling, and if you, you know, throttle lift mid-corner, you'll find yourself backwards sitting in the weeds because of this great handling. Now, you slap a turbo on this car, and it'll be the last corner you take like that. These things, although beautiful cars, you know, very elegant and refined, they can be very dangerous. They're not great on handling, especially in corners. They like to get away from you and making this a very lethal
1: car. Yes, yes, yes. That's a very dangerous car.
0: Yeah, there's nothing better than just spiraling out, going around a corner. trying Safety to Safety
1: and expense is the two things that keep me away from Porsches.
0: <laughs> you got that right. And coming in, another expensive car. And I don't think very many high schooler kids will get their hands on this one uh, because of the price value of these things. But the Mercedes-Benz 300 SL Goldwing Coupe. Uh, you know,
1: yeah, I don't see too many, too many people. I don't see kids or anybody in general. We're talking about you know a million dollar car now, Rod.
0: Oh yeah, but you know what? Even though it's a million dollar car, it's a very unsafe car. And it's a very
1: deadly car. You know who else drove one of these deadly cars, Clark Gable. Yes, he gone did. with the wind. <laughs> that came out in nineteen thirty nine. You're talking about a fifty seven model car.
0: Oh yeah, well, you know, the harder you push these cars, and you could push these cars pretty hard. Yeah, the more likely that swing axle suspension would get very moody and usually at the worst possible times, and these things would just wiggle and wiggle you off the road and send you into a spiraling death trap.
1: But if you own one of these death
0: traps, you are sitting very pretty right now. <laughs> yeah, you're sitting on a gold mine in all actuality. And they are. They are beautiful cars, but. And it's extending out there a little bit. I doubt very seriously you're going to buy your high school kid a Goldwing, but. Keep he'll in say, mind. But if you ever just find one on a budget, ever,
1: have you ever noticed that any gullwing car is really a dangerous car? If you've ever seen the DeLorean crash test videos, and they're actually on YouTube, those things will ball up like a paper ball.
0: Yeah, they're not safe at all. Any of those cars in that area? How about Viper revving up at us?
1: That's what I'm screaming.
0: I think I'm gonna run him down in the station wagon after I get done with you.
1: Now you are dreaming.
0: <laughs> oh Lord. Uh, Coming up at our number six spot here, and this one's going to break your heart, I feel. The Chevy Corvette. Now, I'm not talking about a new Corvette, by no means. I'm talking about your plastic caskets, your 1953s, back when these things were introduced. Again, a car you're probably not going to be buying for your high school kid, but these cars were not very safe. You know, you're talking about- What car
1: was safe in 1953?
0: And You serve a valid point, but a lot of your cars back then were big steel lead sleds and you come along in a fiberglass, high-speed car.
1: A high-speed car. It had a 235 cubic inch inline six. Yeah, but you got to think,
0: at 53, it would move that car pretty good
1: for the times.
0: And, you know, you wreck this thing, and you hit a nice Cadillac coming along. You're probably dead. I mean, you know,
1: I'm, I'm, we, well, I'll be honest with you. You could hit one of those. You could hit a '50s Cadillac in a school bus. And you would probably be dead. <laughs>
0: you serve a valid point there too, but I mean, and, and these things were titled the plastic casket because they were not very safe cars. These were actually very deadly cars in their time. Just thankfully, a lot of people weren't able of going out and buying a new Corvette. So. But just that to keep in mind, you know, in Corvettes, they are great cars, but they also can be deadly because of that very reason. They are made out of fiberglass even today. So, I mean, it's and they, as they get newer, the more and more power they get. Probably not the safest car to stick your uh,
1: new driver in. Well, I mean, actually, they've actually become a long way in safety on these cars. They have a lot of carbon fiber parts on them. I mean, they're a lot tougher than you think they are. I mean, I wouldn't want to take a telephone pole on its head on <laughs> or anything with one. But that being said, I mean, they've come a long way.
0: Uh, here's an interesting number five. And again, some of these cars, you you know, you, you ain't got to worry about buying for your kid. I hope. But how about the Bug Eye Austin Healy's? You remember those? The Bug Eye Heelys? There's actually
1: a couple of those running around town.
0: Yeah, I've seen a few of them. And, they're, and again, they're gorgeous cars. But, you know, these things were retrofitted with a wood rim steering wheel that became a uh, little splinter bag in a wreck. You know, so if, like, a piece of pine didn't get you in the heart when you got into the wreck, you know, you might make it
1: yeah that could be a little treacherous but you know a lot of cars have wood green steering wheels how about all the people that put the old real wood gt grant steering wheels in i wonder how they would do in a crash test oh yeah i mean how many monte That's carlos that, have you seen with those in it that thing's like a handful of toothpicks
0: <laughs> yeah imagine that in a wreck and you come in and you got a piece of mahogany stuck in your lung i'm telling you you know and then when the austin Healy's, if it wasn't enough for the steering wheel to kill the driver they had an optional child's uh seat that came in these cars A.K.A. a glorified armrest that's set on your uh, transmission tunnel there. And guess what? To boot, no seatbelt for it.
1: Eh, seatbelts are overrated. I'll be I mean, honest with you. You probably wouldn't want to be in the car anyway. If it sent you out of it, you would be better off.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many dangerous cars out there. It, it just it blows my mind some of the things that they've done with cars like this, you know.
1: Oh, yeah. No seatbelts for your child? Well, I mean, you got to think about it. I mean, seatbelts were afterthought. I mean, we were talking about the Tucker a few weeks back, and Preston Tucker. He thought seatbelts made cars look dangerous.
0: I have to agree with him. I don't like it myself. But you know what? You go to rolling over a car, you're gonna want something.
1: Yeah, they, they, just they, a little they, they, something they come in handy.
0: to kind of hold you in place while your car's trying to turn you into a milkshake. Yeah, most definitely so but it just it blows my mind that some of these cars that got through and you know then you're coming up on another one in the number four spot the volkswagen beetle and you're talking about a car they made from what the 40s on up to what the seven? 1937.
1: 1937
0: so until when when did they quit making the old school 79 buck? 79 now like the bus these things were air cooled well what happens in an air-cooled car is they actually don't really heat up that well for wintertime driving because they are air cooled so you're driving around in a car that defrost don't really work that well so a lot of drivers had to keep around an ice scraper so you're driving down the road scraping ice off your window very safe.
1: Well, I'll tell you what else we got to do. We need to scrape some money together to pay for this show, so we got to play some commercials, Odd Rod. You're killing me, Smalls.
0: All right, guys. You're listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour
1: right here on 1063 WORD.
0: All right, guys. Welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Odd Rod, and to my right again is Rob Pitts.
1: How are you doing? I'm always to your right. And I'll tell you what else is right. Is the people that listen to this show. No, 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 no. Now, Odd Rod has been a little slow on this text request line. <laughs> this is I ridiculous. And I think he's sandbagging because the people have spoken.
0: This is ridiculous. We got a guy that says, or it might be a girl, I don't know, but it says the boot thing is going to eat that wagon alive. Come on, really? I'm just
1: saying. Really? The world can't be wrong, Odd Rod.
0: Yeah, okay, and for those who don't know, my, my wagon has been dubbed Betty White. And someone come in and says, Betty White is 95, the boo thing is 52, you do the math. Yeah, 95. She's going to beat you by experience, buddy.
1: Yeah. The boo thing's pretty spry.
0: <laughs> I'm telling you, these people are crazy. And then this guy, this guy texted him. He's cool, though. This guy, this guy's cool. He said, <laughs> he was talking about, you know, the cars, trading them in earlier. He said, he you knows a couple of people at their work that trade their cars in after the repair with serious handle damage. This is me. This is what I do. See, my old my old mo was uh, when my
1: truck needed tires, I'd trade the whole truck in and get another truck. Well, you know, you had a lot of people that did that, but I mean, the prices of cars have gotten so high, but I mean, you can't afford. It's cheaper <laughs> to put tires on them. I mean, it really is. And tires have went down in price of anything. Absolutely. And I mean, I'll be honest with you. Hell, damage on a car is not a big serious. You know, problem. I mean, if it's repaired properly, there's nothing wrong with a hill-damaged car. I mean, it's not a frame-bent situation or a water damage or something like that.
0: Absolutely. All right, so getting back to what we were talking about, we were talking about the deadliest cars, the top 10 deadliest cars. And we are on our number four spot with the Volkswagen Beetle, talking about, you know, how these cars don't heat up very well, especially in wintertime time, being that they're air-cooled. And, you know, what happened was is a lot of VW owners back in the day would actually buy gas heaters to put it inside these cars. Let that sink in for a second. A gas-powered heater inside of your automobile. I can think of so many problems to go here.
1: How about you? A gas-powered heater. You know, a lot of the military stuff was like that.
0: Yeah. and Okay, so first of all, fumes. That's great. Carbon monoxide. How about an open the-
1: flame in the car?
0: Yeah, that, that might be a problem, too. I mean, let's say you knock over this gas-powered heater inside your Volkswagen you're going to have a fun time in your little bug I mean this is just not not smart at all and obviously you know the carbon monoxide poison the opening flame you know the distraction while trying to clear your windows during winter driving all this led to making the Volkswagen Beetle a actually pretty deadly car
1: I mean, these were not... I mean, keep in mind now, Volkswagen Beetle, you remember the spare tire's in the front. Of course, obviously, the engine's in the back. Oh,
0: the spare tire keep these cars running forever?
1: Well, yeah, that spare tire that stays in the front? Yeah. That spare tire is part of the crash protection. You take the spare tire out, this thing will wad up. It's actually part of the structural integrity of the front of this car.
0: Yeah, that's safe. Thank you. (laughs) All right, moving on, because I'm just tired of unsafe Volkswagens. Volkswagens have had a history of, like... You know, emissions problems and other Well, I mean, but, you I'm know, there again, it. it's
1: also one of the most popular cars ever made. I know,
0: it's crazy, isn't it?
1: I mean, I love the classic bugs.
0: Especially a split window bug. They are gorgeous cars.
1: I mean, I'll be honest with you, any of the I'm a sucker for the glass lens bugs. Any 66 backs, I love them.
0: Absolutely. All right, so coming in our number three spot, the Subaru Brat. Your old Subaru Brat. You I've never
1: guys? really understood. The Subaru Brat is the mullet of cars. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, I mean, it's like business up front and a party in the back.
0: Yeah, you know, it, it's like a
1: bonfire in the back.
0: <laughs> These things—they had a cool feature to them. They featured a sort of a, a James Bond feature, if you will. You know, the jump seats that were in the back of the pickup bed. Well, you know, a well-timed, well-timed drive over a nice bump could uh, rid you of any pesky rear-facing
1: passengers. Ejecto seat, cuz.
0: Yeah, so you know that that. Kind of made it a pretty deadly car. I mean, if you're riding in the back of a brat, then you know you might not be riding anymore. A brat
1: could get rid of some brats.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. If you if you're tired of your brats, just throw them in the back of your brat and go for a nice stroll through a bumpy road at a high rate of speed. Guess what? Brat problem is eliminated.
1: Eliminated.
0: (laughs) All in all, that puts that as a number three for a. And the thing that's
1: crazy, you know, Subarus are some of the safest cars on the road now.
0: Yeah, but back then the brat not as much yeah that wasn't
1: that wasn't the best idea from the subaru camp
0: i'd like to see a subaru uh Bratt commercial using their slogan we they lived yeah <laughs> <laughs> when we
1: got them out of the tree
0: <laughs> when we got them out of the tree they lived <laughs> all right guys moving to our number two spot and this one should come to no surprise to anybody the ford pinto
1: okay I'm not gonna beat everybody to death with Pinto jokes, (laughs) but I mean, you got a car that gets tapped in the bumper and bursts in the flames. I mean, it's like the car was designed in Flint and the bumper was made of Flint. (laughs) But I mean, the thing you got to think about with a Pinto, I mean, and it got a really bad rap. It wasn't quite as bad as everybody thought, but it was not the best design in the world.
0: We know there was it was a major rumor back in the day of the pinto caused thousands upon thousands of deaths and, and really that is a rumor but the potential was definitely there and there was many people who did die from driving a pinto because of this rear mounted
1: suicide suicide
0: <laughs> rear mounted tanks you know nice they kind of deemed a barbecue for four you know what i mean <laughs> Yeah, you're reading that last text, right?
1: I like that.
0: You're, you're reading that last. Betty White is going to whoop the boo thing. You're reading that, right? Yeah.
1: Whatever. We've,
0: finally a good listener. Finally. Finally. <laughs> finally we got one. But, I mean, you know, back to the Pinto here. This is a four-seater barbecue. You know, the tank issues. A four-seater barbecue. It makes, you know, not only did it have tank issues, but when they got rear-ended, what was next to happen it was very very famous for the doors to jam so you're locked in this little death trap at this point
1: just sitting there waiting to cook it's a crematorium on wheels
0: (laughs) so all in all making this a very unsafe car and then coming in our number one spot and this one hurts my soul because i've owned about 18 of these things the 73 through 87 C-10 pickup with that saddle gas tank, sometimes... The
1: saddlebag gas tanks. I want to go ahead and tell you this right now. This list right here is totally wrong on this. This this rumor has been debunked a million times over.
0: Well, I've never been T-boned in but- let me tell you a story.
1: Dateline in 1993 did a story on these trucks. Now, keep in mind, in 93, these trucks were long gone. They weren't. I mean, they, they stopped making this truck in 1987.
0: Yeah, so we moved on to the OBS style at this point.
1: Yeah, exactly. But in 93, they aired an article talking about how safe unsafe they were if they were hit in a side collision. Now, this is the, the thing you got to think about. You hit any vehicle in the side, that's dangerous. Absolutely. They put a small explosive charge, and they said this is going to replicate if a spark was ignited during a wreck, which a lot of times that does happen. But I'm going to tell you something. You put a small, small explosive charge next to any gas tank, it's going to explode. Oh, yeah. So this has been totally debunked a million times.
0: But, you know, I, I can see where they're coming from on this safety issue. I mean, cause, I mean uh, it was not the best idea. You know, and a lot of these trucks, they had dual gas tanks, one on either side. So, you know, and it is possible. It, it, it is the very possible. The possibility is there. It's no different than your predecessor to these trucks, you know, your, your 67 through
1: 72s. Yeah, with the, with the fuel, t- well, I mean, even before that, I mean, 60 to 72, they were all behind the back. Well, even, well, even before the, that. Yeah, in the 50s. In the 50s. I mean, the gas tank was behind the back seat. I mean, yeah, I mean that's just a part of it. You know, you got to put it somewhere. So,
0: I mean, yeah, it is a risky thing, but you know what? Where'd they go from that? Behind, you know, at the rear of the truck? It's not much safer there. I mean, anywhere you, you got 20 plus gallons of gas in an impact with a spark, it's really not safe. I mean, to, so, you know, the Pintos were worse. The Pintos, without a shadow of a doubt, were worse. But to give these trucks a bad rep for this, I think, is a little bit unfair.
1: It is a little. It's very unfair. I mean, that right there was, I mean, you could virtually do that with any car.
0: Yeah, I mean, any car, you could say. Now, they have gotten a lot better using the plastic composite gas tanks. But, I mean, any car, it's fair to say that in an impact There's going to be exposed fuel, and there's going to be spark, and there is a potential for an explosion and a potential for death. Were some cars a little more likely than others? Yes. But, unfortunately, that's going to be all the time we have for this week. I want to thank you for joining us. We're going to be here hanging out till 9 o'clock. So come out and see us.
1: All right, guys, come on out to Hot hot Rods and Happy Hour here at Ruby Tuesdays. You've been listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. On
0: 106.3 WORD.